Since it's Handbox fans, we are back to conclude our schedule predictions. We are here with the last division, the NFC West. Get ready. First team we're starting with is the Arizona Cardinals, and I'm sorry if you're a Cardinals fan, but this is not a hopeful year. A head coaching change once again. You're starting the year with your franchise quarterback, not healthy, coming off of a torn ACL. You did get better in this year's draft, but nothing that is going to make an impact right away. You do have some talented pieces on the offensive and defensive side of the ball, but we've seen year after year that hasn't been enough for the Arizona Cardinals. I have the Cardinals dropping their first five games with losses to the Commanders, Jets, Cowboys, 49ers, and Bengals. I have their first win coming in a division game week six at the Rams, and then I have them dropping three games straight at the Seahawks versus the Ravens and at the Browns. They get a win week 10 versus the Falcons, who I think they'll eventually trade their star quarterback, Kyler Murray, to. After the win versus the Falcons, dropping three straight, a loss at the Texans versus the Rams and at the Steelers. This gets them to their bye week where they're 2-11. and Not a good year. The last stretch of the season, I have them getting a win week 15 versus the 49ers and then dropping three straight. A loss at the Bears, a loss at the Eagles, and a loss versus the Seahawks. This has the Arizona Cardinals at 3-14. and 14. Is Hollywood Brown going to be a viable fantasy receiver this year? Hollywood Brown is in dangerous territory as a number one wide receiver on a really bad team. Where you don't know what's going to happen with the quarterback position, you can't really trust that that production is going to go Hollywood Brown's way. We've seen so many different examples of this. We've seen backups have that tunnel vision and really have that number one wide receiver produce good numbers. And we've seen really good wide receivers take an extreme hit like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin did last year and really hamper what their expectations can be. I do think that Hollywood Brown will have a couple of games where he'll have that fantasy production, maybe sniff around 20 points, get in the end zone a couple of times, but I really don't think it's going to be consistent. I don't see a quarterback going in there, passing 25 times a game, and consistently having that success when they have no running game and no other viable pass threats besides Zach Ertz, who's coming off of a torn ACL. It's going to be a rough year in Arizona. And let's hope guys like Buda Baker and Hollywood Brown find their way into different rosters. Moving over to the next team in the division, it's another bad year to be in L.A. I have the L.A. Rams. Now, I know that they're getting healthy. Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, these guys are coming back. Aaron Donald is going to be coming back as well on the defensive side of the ball. But I do just think that we need a talent and roster overhaul in L.A. We're still feeling repercussions for this team going all-in for a championship. I have the Rams losing their first nine games of the season going into the bye week. Losses at the Steelers versus the 49ers, at the Bengals, at the Colts, versus the Eagles, Cardinals, Steelers, at the Cowboys, and Packers, not winning a single game. Their first win comes right after the bye week in week 11 versus the Seahawks. Following that week, they travel to Arizona and get a W for two wins in a row. After those two wins... Losses versus the Browns at the Raiders and versus the Commanders. With their last win of the season being Week 16 versus the Saints in Thursday Night Football. And two more losses at the end of the year. This has two teams in the NFC West at 3-14 and 14 looking for a brand new start. Steve, where is Cooper Cup being drafted in fantasy leagues? Guys, Cooper Cup is still going to be a top pick in the draft. Most likely a first round pick. Even coming off of an injury. 
I do think that the expectations need to be changed a little bit. You were talking about a Rams team that was a consistent Super Bowl threat. We're now talking about a Rams team that we have no idea if they're going to win three games or if they're going to win six games, but they definitely ain't winning ten. I can't see Matthew Stafford being healthy for an entire season, and I don't think that they have the talent or depth in the trenches on either side of the ball to really help improve that team's win ratio. Cooper Cup will still have some solid games as long as he does stay healthy, will be a target machine with Matthew Stafford as long as he's available and on the field, but I do think that those expectations need to slow down. We are seeing guys like Justin Jefferson and Devontae Adams kind of have more of that year-to-year consistent production, even though Cooper Cup has been one of the best fantasy players the past couple of years. I'm staying away from the Cardinals and the Rams on my fantasy teams. Moving over to the Seattle Seahawks, we have them starting off the year with a W versus the Rams. Week 2, a tough game at the Lions. We're going to see which team in the NFC is going to be better at this point, the Lions or the Seahawks. I have the Lions getting a W here. This is going to be a loss and have the Seahawks start at 1-1. One one. After the 1-1 one one start, I have them getting two wins in a row, a win versus the Panthers and a win at the Giants on Monday Night Football. This has the Seahawks being 3-1 and one going into the bye week. Following the bye, they have a tough matchup at the Bengals. I do have that being a loss, but getting two wins straight after that at home versus the Cardinals and versus the Browns. After the two wins in a row, a tough loss in Baltimore, but a win versus the Commanders to get right in Week 10. Week 11 comes around and the Rams have a division game versus the Seahawks. I have the Rams pulling this one out in a tough, gritty division game. Just think that Seattle's going into this one thinking that they have it all in the bag and the Rams come and punch them in the mouth. Sean McVay's going to get a couple wins this year, guys. We know that. After a tough loss to the Rams, I have them getting back-to-back wins on Thursday Night Football. A win versus the 49ers and a win at the Cowboys, followed by a loss to the 49ers. To finish off the season, I have the Seahawks winning four straight versus the Eagles at the Titans versus the Steelers and at the Cardinals. This has the Seahawks at with a 12-5 and record. Personally, I think that this might be a little bit generous. I do think the Seahawks are going to be an improved team from where they were last year. They got better in the offensive and defensive side of the ball. But I do feel like we saw a side of Geno Smith that's going to be really hard to duplicate. I think Geno Smith can still have this team around 9 or 10 wins. I think that they could still be competitive to be on top of this division. 12 wins might be too generous though. What are the expectations for Jackson Smith and Jigba going into Seattle? I honestly think that the sky is the limit for JSN going into an offense that already has DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. If you had to ask me, that move affects Tyler Lockett's role in that offense more than anybody else. I see Jackson Smith being a guy getting short receptions and really being able to make the most out of it. I think DK is going to be that possession receiver that you're always going to go to when you need a play. Tyler Lockett really excelled with Geno Smith and the the down-the-field deep threat that he really was last year, but I think that the receptions going around are going to really be sliced as Jackson Smith will be on that field often. What's going to happen with the running back room in Seattle? We're talking about a complete split is what my expectations will be going into the year. Zach Charbonnet coming from UCLA and Kenneth Walker, who proved that he can have success in this league already, are going to both see viable roles inside this offense. We've seen year after year that Pete Carroll extremely loves to have running back depth, but it hasn't always worked out in Seattle's favor. We've seen multiple first-round picks that never lived up to their potential. 
I'm not saying that this is the case for Charbonnet, but I do think that the role that the Seattle Seahawks have the running backs play might not get the best out of those guys. I think Walker and Charbonnet are both draftable running backs with expectations. With 20 to 25 rushes a game, it's really hard for both of those guys to see the opportunity to really carve out a role where they can be an RB1. I see Walker going into the year as a low-end RB2, and I see Charbonnet being a potential flex guy by a certain point in the season with bench potential. I think that's how you need to view and value the Seattle Seahawks running backs going into the year. After being the comeback player of the year, what will Geno Smith be in 2023? I think Geno Smith, after showing us what he was last year, can still be a quarterback that can win 9 or 10 games. I think he's going to need a good defense. I think he's going to need a running game. He has that with improvements from last year. So that's why I think the Seattle Seahawks can still be a threat in the NFC and can potentially win the NFC West over the 49ers. I think that you are going to see more interceptions as teams get to see some tape from Geno Smith from last year and what he did so well. I think he will face a little bit more pressure than what he did last year because let's remember, Seattle was going into the year as one of the worst teams in the entire NFL with moving on from Russell Wilson in that trade with the Denver Broncos. With all that being said, I do think that Geno Smith can still produce fantasy relevant options out of all of his wide receivers with expectations. Like I said, limit the expectations and you could still see a lot of value from those guys. Moving on to the last team in the NFC West, we have the San Francisco 49ers. I do have the 49ers with a predicted record of 13-4, and being one of the best in the entire NFL, but I do think that these are really high expectations for all the change that we're going to see in that quarterback room. Regardless if it's Sam Darnold, Trey Lance, or Brock Purdy, I think all of these guys are in that room because Kyle Shanahan has faith that all of their skill sets can be complemented to be successful. I don't think that we're going to see the injury lock that the 49ers had last year between Debo, McCaffrey, George Kittle, and Brandon Ayuk all being able to be available and on the field for the past probably eight weeks of the season. I had the 49ers winning their first 11 games of the season with wins at the Steelers, at the Rams, versus the Giants on Thursday Night Football, versus the Cardinals, versus the Cowboys on Sunday Night Football, at the Browns, at the Vikings, versus the Bengals, and then the bye week. After the bye, I have them winning two straight at the Jaguars and versus the Bucks. That's a really impressive stretch from the 49ers, and I actually don't even think that they'll that's a really impressive stretch from the 49ers, and I don't think that they'll live up to that. I think they'll struggle week one at the Steelers. I think they'll struggle with the Giants and the Cowboys. The Bengals game is going to be real iffy depending on what they're going to look like with some changes on the defensive side of the ball. After the wins to the Jags and the Bucks, this has the 49ers at 10-0 through the first 11 weeks. After that, I have them dropping two straight at Seattle and at the Eagles. Those are really tough games, and when you're riding high the way they are after 10 wins, there's a couple of teams that are going to circle that matchup. After dropping two straight, I have the 49ers getting a W to the Seahawks, a loss at the Cardinals, a win versus the Raiders on Monday Night Football, a loss at the Commanders, and then a win versus the Rams in the last game of the season. I have them being 13-4 to finish the year. We saw great production out of Christian McCaffrey last year. With him being the favorite number one overall pick along with Justin Jefferson, is McCaffrey going to be reliable to get that production once again? I think as long as McCaffrey stays on the field and he looks the way he did last year, 
then absolutely. RB1 is the absolute potential for Christian McCaffrey. I think it's tough to have 17 games healthy in the NFL. I really do. And when you have the injury history that McCaffrey does, that Kittle does, that even Debo does, it's going to be really hard to see the 49ers be able to have that success again next year. Even if McCaffrey gets a little bit banged up through the year, I think he could still finish with 1,400 scrimmage yards, just under 1,000 rushing yards, and adding around four or 500 receiving yards. Who is going to be the number one receiving option on the 49ers, Debo Samuel or George Kittle? This is really a tough question because I feel like both of these guys complement each other extremely well and help each other's production. But I do think that Debo Samuel going into next year will need to be the number one wide receiver. George Kittle is used pretty often in this offense as blocking. And sometimes, you know, he has a couple of games where he pops off for two, three touchdowns. Last year, George Kittle was an absolute difference maker on my fantasy championship team and rosters all over the league as the tight end one. I think Debo Samuel's value when he stays healthy to this offense is a little bit higher with his rushing and receiving abilities. I think Debo has the potential, regardless of who's at the quarterback position, to consistently be a top 10 fantasy wide receiver. And I think that's what you need to hope for for the 49ers. George Kittle absolutely has the potential as well to finish as a top three tight end once again. Guys, that's going to wrap things up for my NFC West schedule predictions. Make sure you guys go and tune into all the rest of the schedule predictions. And we have a lot of new content coming to you guys real soon. You guys know the deal. Peace, love, and five stars, nothing less.